Welcome to Beauty's Eternal, the art of being your best self for women, where we go in-depth and under the skin of experts. My name is Caitlin, and I'm your host. Today's episode is called Divine Healer and Hay House best-selling author Callista Ascension. Who are the female archangels, and how do we connect to them? What is the link between them and 11-11-2011? The best way to connect to the angels is to be an angel, to be more virtuous in your life. Today I'm interviewing an incredible and very beautiful guest that I am so excited to interview because I'm a longtime fan of hers. Callista is the K-House author behind Unicorn Rising, Live Your Truth, and Unleash Your Magic, as well as a kundalini yoga teacher, an international speaker, and a mother to three children. She is going to talk to us about unearthing issues and disease for our highest healing with the female archangels to reach our true nature, which is that of love. Callista comes from a long line of spiritualists. She grew up in the UK, playing in the fields, believing in fairies and elementals. As she grew up, she went on to study medical biotechnology and worked as a cancer research scientist. Feeling in her heart that something was missing, she began taking a Reiki course and became certified as a teacher. From there, she went on to open her own spiritual center called Ethereal Light, which she eventually took from being an in-person school to an online school where you can now find all of her manifold teachings. On her website, CallistaAscension.com, you will find various courses, soul sessions, and meditations, including the spiritual courses, angel healing, Atlantean crystal healing, and unicorn healing that support soul ascension and empowerment. I first discovered Callista about five years ago through one of her absolutely amazing guided meditations available for free on YouTube. It's called the 12 Chakra Meditation for Oneness, Unity, and Truth. I've done it close to a hundred times. I'm linking to it in the show notes. It makes me so relaxed that I have to be careful not to fall asleep when I do it because it's so beautiful. If heaven were a meditation, this would be it. And I'm telling you the truth. Let's start the interview now. So I would love to take us into a grounding for all the listeners to bring in the energy of the female archangels so we can really get into a space to feel and experience them because that's really how I I work. I think we need to experience these non-physical beings rather than just learn about them. So let's bring in their consciousness now. So if it's safe to do so, I'm just going to ask you to close your eyes and just let your body relax and soften. Taking in a deep breath through your nose and a full breath out through your mouth. Breathing in a sense of love on your inhale. Breathing out a sense of presence on your exhale. 
Breathing in love. Breathing out presence. As you feel yourself arrive fully in your body. Resting in the space that you're in. And fully aware of all the sounds around you, the vibrations within you. And just deciding not to change anything, just accepting, just witnessing. And now please feel yourself held in a column of golden light. One of the rays of the angels, this golden ray of source, floods now down from the heavens, fully encapsulates your being including your body, but also your aura, your auric field in at least 12 feet in every direction around your body. And so you're held in this golden light that's filling your aura, filling your body. And it moves through your body down into the earth as it connects with the heart of Mother Gaia and as it connects with her, it bounces off the center of the earth and comes back up through you, up through your crown and all the way to the center of the sun, connecting to all that is Father Cosmos and then brings the love of the Divine Masculine down into your heart. So just feel yourself held in this two-way column of golden light as it fills every aspect of your being, within and without, above and below. Feeling yourself access that deeper part of you. Your impersonal self your soul, your spirit, your essence. And as you merge with the greater aspect that is you, a doorway opens to the angelic realms. And here we call forward the female angelics, the archaea to be with us today, to share with us your wisdom, your teachings, to help us embody your virtues so that we may know of you and bring your wisdom into our everyday life to help us to create the best life for ourselves, but also for the world. And just let yourself inhale now deeply as you breathe in their presence. And breathe out, you may feel or see a diamond light filled with the rays of pink and yellow and gold as they come forward. And specifically, we call forward Archaea Virtue, Archaea Faith, Archaea Grace, Archaea Hope, Archaea Mercy, Archaea Freedom, and Archaea Constance to be with us today. 
just feeling the love of the angels come forward, feeling them gather around you. As we open up a divine conversation with these beings who have so much to share with us. Thank you. Thank you so much for being my guest today, Kalista. You're welcome. It's a real pleasure to be here, Caitlin. I can't believe that I get to interview somebody that I've been a fan of for so long. I'm like ecstatic. <laughs> <laughs> I love when that happens. It's such magic. Yeah. <laughs> you mentioned that your spiritual journey began when you got in touch with your soul or your source within you. It was when you were studying Reiki that you began part of your soul journey. Was it a gradual process where you discovered your source within or was it something that happened in a moment? Mm. I know, and that is really what happens to so many people these days, isn't it? They just awake in a moment through something that's happened. But for me, it was very much a gradual process. I had a real gift of a childhood in that there was lots of nature around me and my family a lot of them were spiritualist mediums and so they were really open to the non-physical side of life already but as I grew up and I went into science and I became a cancer research scientist yeah everything kind of closed down I became very cynical very hard very mistrusting of life and others uh, but when I started to open up to the possibility that we can heal in other ways rather than just taking you know drugs and pharmaceuticals and started learning reiki it was a gradual process but found that i really just reawoke i reawoke to the remembrance that i had when i was younger and so it was it was easy for me to ascend quite quickly in that respect because i could trust i could trust the magic of nature and the elementals it was very easy for me to connect with them so because I accepted them, it was quite an easy bridge to then meet the angels and start working with them and the unicorns and all these beautiful beings that came into my life. You do mention that you come from a long line of healers. And I know from reading about you, you mentioned your great aunt always told you about the elementals and the fairies. And you used to play in the fields in the UK nearby your home. And I know when I was younger, I also believed I had fairies and thought I could speak to fairies. Is this something common in children? And is there a way that parents who have children like you, who really are in touch with the elementals, that they can help their children maintain that and grow that? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And before I answer that, there's so many fairies around you now. There's so oh. many. Like a big part of your consciousness is from the fae realm. I can see it in you. So it's really lovely that you asked this question. Children ha still have their purity and their innocence. It's very, very easy for them to connect to the fairies. They see the dragons. They see the unicorns. I, I've never met a little girl who doesn't believe in unicorns. <laughs> because <laughs> they, they can see them. They haven't been hardened by life. They haven't been conditioned. They haven't been sort of made cynical, I guess, like I was. So yeah, as, as parents... As caregivers, we can definitely nurture that. I think a lot of the times, if parents don't believe in the existence of the elementals, for example, 
and the child is sitting drawing fairies and unicorns they might say why are you drawing that just why don't you draw like a car or a bus or something (laughs) something that's real and physical so I think it's up to us to not dampen their imagination but actually to nurture it my son this morning I'm really starting to love now that he's four years old him and his brother who's three in the morning they come into my bed six o'clock in the morning they come into my bed and we have the most incredible conversations and I love it because they are so open I've not dampened or criticized their imagination or their magic that they have and so we can have these really profound conversations and he was talking about he can see beings he can see my guides and my auric field and he was talking about that today and I thought this is wonderful this is although I I came from a a family who was aware of spirit it definitely wasn't as nurtured as I am doing it with Remen and Eden and my daughter Amaya so when I feel into that I think wow I wonder what they can achieve when they're older if it's really being nurtured every day if we're talking about things like this I wonder what they can achieve and so we can do this as parents we can do this as caregivers we can just share with them our ways of walking our path and how we connect with nature or how we connect with the angels we can invite them into those practices invite them into our meditation invite them into our devotional time and share with them and not not exclude them from that but make it inclusive i think that's a really wonderful way to nurture their gifts because I work a lot with unicorns and they, all, they always say magic is not something that we do. It's not something that we cultivate through a ritual or a ceremony. It's simply who we are. But we have forgotten that. <laughs> Children haven't. They know they're magical. They know they're freaking awesome. They're like, <laughs> they love themselves they, and, and they have no ego. They just love who they are. And uh, so in that way, I guess, they're our teachers as well. Mm-hmm. I'm curious to ask you, when children are young, does it make a difference what boys and girls connect to? Or is it more that it matters the individual? I think it's more the individual. Yeah, definitely. We all come in here in this physical life with a purpose or with multiple purposes. But we also come in here with soul ancestry. So based on what our ancestry is, that will determine who our spirit guides are, who we're working with. For example, I have a, my lineage, my soul ancestry is very much Celtic tradition. And so I have a lot of Celtic guides. Um, <laughs> I just see fairies with you. I just see the fairy realm. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, I guess. So you would perhaps connect with the elementals. For me, it's very easy to connect with Celtic unicorns and, uh, you know, things like that. So, yeah, it it depends on the individual. That makes a lot of sense. Good. (laughs) So what we really want to talk about today are the female archangels or what you call the archaea. We're in the age of Aquarius. Who are the female archangels most relevant for us today? If I understand, there are only seven. There are actually much more than that. There is only a sprinkling of information about them on the internet. And a lot of the information I personally don't resonate with. A lot of it has been kind of misconstrued from biblical and religious texts. But really the archaea 
and the archangel are non-denominational. They don't assign to religion. Although, of course, they've been heavily talked about in the Bible and things like that. They're actually non-denominational. They predate religion. I mean, religion is a man-made concept <laughs> that we've kind of created. But yet, if we do look at the Bible and things, the female archangels were spoken about in the book of Zechariah of the Bible. But the Bible really is so misconstrued, Caitlin. It's so misconstrued. It's not true. It's not a true account. I'm very fortunate that one of my main guides is Sananda, who's um, the ascended form of Jesus Christ. And for a long time, I worked with Sananda and I questioned him about the Bible, about Christianity. And I'm not downplaying Christianity. Everybody can believe what they want to believe. But a lot of it has been misconstrued. Even his crucifixion is kind of illusionary. But that's for another show. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Could go into that. But the female angelics, let's talk about them. Back in 2009, I created a system called Angel Healing. And it's a certified hands-on healing program that's now taught around the world. And to begin with, it was just focusing on 16 archangels. And then, round about 2011, as we stepped into the Aquarian Age, and all of this is not by coincidence, it's all meant when we stepped into the Age of the Feminine, Age of Awareness, the Archaea, the 16 Archaea came forward. And when students sign up to that course, they're attuned to both the 16 Archangels and the 16 Archaea. But in truth, there are infinite Archaea and there are infinite Archangels. Uh, There's not just seven. Sometimes people say there's just 12. The book that I'm writing right now, I'm talking about 13 of the most on purpose. And they specifically want to trigger people with the number 13, because the number 13, there's lots of suspicion around that is, is quite a negative number. But actually... 13 is the goddess number it's the feminine number wow. and it's the fe- it's the feminine our intrinsic power whether we are in male body or female body that has been feared that's been misconstrued throughout the ages but now is a time as we came into that aquarian age to heal and empower the feminine within us because for so long in that 2000 year old cycle of the patriarchy the feminine was physically and energetically masked, denied, abused. And now it's time to heal those, to heal that aspect within us personally, you and I and all the listeners, but at a collective universal level. And this is why the female angelics have came forward because we're recognizing and healing our feminine. The masculine, the aspect of an archangel is shifting and now we're being presented with the female side of that angelic coin. The way I always describe the difference between an archangel and archaea is, if you imagine a coin, it's got two sides, but it's still the one being. So for example, Archangel Michael, who we all know, universal angel of strength and protection, he who is closest to God, Michael, for the last 2000 years, we have focused on Michael being a masculine entity. If he assumed a form, he would be male. So that's one side. But the other side of that angelic coin is faith. Faith, the inner trust in flow, trust in action. That's what she is. Whereas Michael is very much focused on external protection. She teaches us that protection 
In truth is when we have our heart open. That is the greatest protection, when we have our heart open. So she is faith. So one coin, two sides. One archangel, one archaea. One expresses the masculine and vibration, one expresses the feminine and vibration. Because we are coming into the age of the feminine, that's really why they're here. They've, in truth, always been here. Faith has always been within the heart of Michael. Virtue has always been in the heart of Raphael. It's just now our understanding is becoming vaster. For so long, the patriarchy looked at God as being a singular entity and external. Now we're understanding that God is multidimensional, so has all these facets, different facets of the coin, and is internal. And so this huge shift is happening. And this is why the nature of our spirit guides are changing. This is where a lot of my work is right now, is teaching people about the Archaea. I've actually got a course tomorrow, the Angel Healing Teachers course, where I'm going to enable teachers to go out and spread the message of the Archaea, which is fantastic. But they're here in response to the feminine within us and at a collective level, wanting to be healed and empowered. So on 11-11-11, when we shifted into the age of Aquarius, this became the time that the divine feminine becomes more prominent and takes a stronger role. And that's why it's really important for us when we want to connect to Michael, to also connect to Lady Faith. Because as you were saying, there are two sides of the same coin. And just as you know, the moon has the light side and it has the dark side, you kind of need both elements if you want to understand it and connect to it. Yes, that is perfect. It's like, for example, for so long, we have just looked at one segment of the pie of creation, okay? <laughs> one, one little segment. Now we're understanding that there is so many more aspects <laughs> to that pie. And we're starting to realize that we can tap into that knowledge and that awareness. Every golden age that our beautiful Mother Earth has seen has a different theme and a different message. The golden age that we are, I believe we're in it right now. We, we started transitioning into it on 11.11. The message is all about accepting ourselves as a creator being. So appreciating that we are a sovereign being, but we're also connected to everything else. So accepting our sovereignty, accepting our oneness, accepting that we're creator and creation at the same time, in the same moment. You know, the patriarchy was all about, you have to covet a God that is external to you. You have to fear God. <laughs> now we are realizing that we have to love God because we are God. <laughs> so this is where the feminine steps in. The masculine, of course, is still going to be there. And the wounded masculine, of course, is here to be healed as well. That's why people are so uptight these days, why they have so much overwhelm, anxiety, this constant need to be busy all the time, to justify our worth through what we do. Like that's how the masculine is, is being played out right now and is healing. So the archangels are always going to be there and they're still needed. But for example, if you invoke specifically Archaea Faith, then that's the vibration that you're working with. Michael will be there. He'll be holding space 
like a big brother holding the space in the background but faith will be who you'll be working with likewise if you call on michael faith will be holding the space so they're always there a lot of times people when they talk about the female archangels they identify it with gender angels have no gender this is about vibration this is about the nature of vibration as male and female it's nothing to do with gender and like you said we need balance for so long we've just focused on the masculine there was no balance there now to really embrace the golden age and birth this new earth that we're feeling within our heart that people have been talking about we need to bring in balance we need to balance the male and the female within us the angels truly help us to do that i'm so glad you brought up balance because when i was researching the archaea and i was searching you know female archangels seeing what information i could find most of it was do they even exist and people were going back and forth and saying while the angels are referred to as masculine in the Bible, oh, but here they're referred to ones as the feminine. But what you're saying about them being a vibration is a really great way to put it. I wanted to ask you about connecting to the Archaea. When you want to call on them because you want to understand something, you want faith, you want to experience mercy, how do you recommend people connect to the female archangels? I think we have to realize that, first of all, they are accessible to us. They hold no judgment. So they can come in and they can inspire us, support us, empower us in every area of our life. And for any different situation and circumstance, they are there. So once we believe that we are worthy, that they are accessible, then the best way is literally just to call them in. Just say, for example, Archaea Freedom, can you please come into this situation to free me from whatever it is, from a person, from a situation, from a memory? Can you come in and affect your positive change here? So literally just call them in. We don't need prayers, we don't need invocations, they are just there. And what's really beautiful about the Archaea is they are the epitome of the virtues. So mercy, faith, hope, constance, they, they are the virtues of life, of creation. So by calling them in, for example, Archaea Freedom, we are in the same way embodying freedom to understand this more, in the past, so many people call on Archangel Michael. Archangel Michael, can you come and protect me from this situation? Can you come and protect me from this relationship or I don't know, whatever it is? And we've kind of given our power away to Michael. We've said, Michael, do it for us. Come in and be that filter. Come in and be that barrier. Come and give me your protection. So we've given our power away. We've given it away to Michael. Michael and Faith, his other half, would like us to take the power back. And instead, when we invoke them, say, okay, I am Archangel Michael, or I am Faith, really come into the empowerment of that. They would like to lend us their virtues, their qualities, so that we can really take charge and ownership of our life. This is what the Aquarian age, the golden age, is all about. 
So the difference would be instead of calling on Archangel Michael for protection to call on the Archaea faith, that you would be able to have the courage to protect yourself, for instance. Yes. Yeah. That's so cool. Yeah, isn't it? It's so empowering. Yeah, really. Faith, the very crux of faith is trust in action. In the moment, I am trusting. So in the moment, I am trusting that I am protected, that I am safe, that this situation, whatever we are feeling in doubt of or overwhelmed about, that we want the protection, we are in the faith and the trust that it will dissipate, it will will dissolve, we have the courage to move through it. So faith, when we embody her, we're bringing it into every aspect of our life. Therefore, the protection, the external protection is not needed because we are coming into full trust and full faith. Likewise with, oh, with virtue, for example, virtue, the other half of Raphael, the angel of healing. Raphael's focus is all about clearing the state of disease from your body, from your mind, from the symptoms, wherever it's playing out in your physical body. Virtue understands that every act of healing has to involve forgiveness. There has to be forgiveness in any type of healing. And we can kind of think about that and think about the things that we've had wrong with us <laughs> and then related them to like forgiveness. But there's always either somebody that we need to forgive or we need to forgive ourselves or we need to forgive the environment or we need to forgive the circumstance that has played out and created the manifestation of this disease. So with virtue, we go right to the root. We don't address the symptoms. We don't just work on the physical body like Raphael does. We go straight to the heart. This is why when you see a depiction of virtue, she looks like Mother Mary. She's the universal mother because she's teaching us that we need to mother ourselves. We need to parent ourselves when we find ourselves in a state of disease, apply the balm of forgiveness to wherever it's needed, and then our bodies will naturally come back into health. Does that make sense? It makes a lot of sense. And that actually plays into the mind-body connection with disease, that some people theorize disease or illness can be emotions that are held onto. If you connect to Lady Virtue, and then you forgive part of yourself or somebody else you release a lot of the anger the trapped Mm -hmm. emotions and it would make sense for many reasons that that would free you of things absolutely yes and it does it it really does lately and this is why i think i have a cold and i could identify and say it's a cold and be in the symptoms of the sore throat and the stuffy nose or (laughs) i could go to the root and understand that I've just exited a really rocky relationship with my ex-fiancé. He's literally just left. We have a four-month-year-old daughter. And of course, there's so much emotions. There's so much. And it's understandable that my heart was heavy and I was going through overwhelm and I was worried about things and still in love with him, but realized that we had to not be together now I've kind of came to terms with that. My body is literally just releasing. I'm literally just releasing that frustration, releasing the pain, releasing the heartache. And this is why I have the cold <laughs> and other things going on. So I'm not identifying to it. I'm applying the real heart 
the real virtue, applying archaea virtue into this situation and bringing softness and bringing forgiveness. And, you know, the archaea lately have been such a gift. At the moment, I'm creating, along with a Lebanese artist, an oracle deck called the Female Archangels. And together we are creating the imagery. And it's so difficult to put into form a virtue like faith or mercy or hope. But we are doing it. We're, we're working with the archaeas every day. And so when we are creating one of these images, say, for example, archaea mercy, mercy at the same time will be playing out in our life, will be teaching us lessons so that we can fully embody who she is and then depict her into form. And so as we were creating Mercy a couple of weeks ago for this card deck, I was going through this kind of tumultuous relationship, this huge transition in my life. And she was there. She was bringing in her ease <laughs> and her grace and letting me understand that Mercy, the true essence of Mercy, as she says, is compassion in action. So to keep being in compassion, compassion for myself, for the situation, for my ex-partner, for the children. And so, yeah, it's just been wonderful as we've been creating this card deck. Every archaea that we're bringing through is influencing our life, her life in Lebanon, my life here in Scotland. And I can't wait to share these beautiful cards with the world because they are living and breathing art. They are just superb <laughs> when you are creating them do you get inspiration about how they should look by being in contact with them does the artist get inspiration what's the creative process like the creative process is so juicy i love it so what, so what happens is we know exactly the archaea and the archangels that we want to depict into form and so for example we're working on faith right now so I sat down and I channeled with faith, Archaea faith, if you were in a human form, what would you look like? And I'll give you a sneak peek. So she shared with me that she wants to be blonde with wide blue eyes, have the appearance of a Valkyrie, you know, the, the Viking Valkyries, the warrior women. Wow. Yeah, but yet with the softness in her face. Uh, she shared how she wants her wings. She shared that she is standing on not just the earth, which Michael is standing on because we've already created his cards. She's actually standing on the universe because she holds, she affects the universal matrix, not just the earthly matrix that Michael does. She instills the universe with faith. And so I get all these ideas and inspiration then I take them to Mary Jo the artist she goes oh my god that's quite a lot <laughs> to create into one card she does her very best and along the way honestly Caitlin magic happens because she will be inspired because she's constantly channeling the archaea as she's creating so she'll add these little touches uh, for example archaea Constance the other half of Archangel Metatron she wanted honeybees all around her head. And we, and we thought, what? Why? And then as we had a chat with her and opened up that discussion, the honeybees are all about the divine feminine and all about opening up, opening up to divine feminine consciousness. And oh, it's just superb. So I can't wait to share the deck with you. 
where and when can I purchase it? It hopefully will be out next year. We have a couple of more images to create, but that's going to be hopefully published by Llewellyn. Well, I really appreciate that with the honeybees because honeybees are not having the easiest time in the world right now. So Very true. support to them, I think, is really important. Very true. Mary Magdalena, or Mother Mary, as you mentioned earlier, is one of the most famous female angels, one of the most prayed to beings, probably. Is she connected to Lady Mercy, was it? Or is she separate? How does that work? Yeah, I see Mother Mary as the universal mother and Mary Magdalene or Mary Magdalena as different entities. Oh, they're two. Yeah. I see the universal mother, Mother Mary, very much connected to Archaea of Virtue. And when I started working with Raphael and Virtue to create the angel healing system, I was confused because I saw written in text, I think probably Doreen Virtue, I was a big fan of old school Doreen Virtue before she kind of renounced all her teachings. (laughs) But um, I'm sure she talked about Mother Mary being the twin of Raphael. And I thought, is that true, Raphael? Because I didn't have any other teachers at that time. So I just went straight to the source. So I just asked Raphael. And as I asked Raphael, this other presence came forward and it felt very much like him, but it was different. It was vaster and it was pink, beautiful pink consciousness. And I discovered it was virtue. It was his other half. It was the heart of Raphael. So the virtue came forward. And as I shared with her, she said to me that she was very much a guiding presence for Mother Mary when she was in physical being. She was very much uh, a guide, a spiritual guide for her. And likewise, Archaea Mercy, so the other half of Archangel Azrael, the angel of beginnings and endings, she was very much a guiding force for Mary Magdalena. And in fact, when we were creating the depiction of mercy, she wanted these beautiful magenta and gold, which are very much significant for Mary Magdalene. She wanted these robes of magenta and gold colored with roses. Roses are another symbology from, for the Magdalene consciousness. And so we kind of wanted to to tie them both together, to bring in Mother Mary for virtue, which we've done. We've brought in doves above her head. It's just, <laughs> just radiant. And Mercy, oh, maybe I can show you after this podcast, but she just looks like Mary Madeline in being, but fuller and more angelic. She's absolutely stunning. So yeah, they, they've been guiding forces and the Archaea continue to be guiding forces. In many of our lives, we don't have to have, we don't have to be these uh, big characters in history like Magdalene, Mary Magdalene and Mother Mary, but we are still as important and still as valued. And a lot of light workers, they wouldn't class themselves as spiritual beings, but they're still doing light work within their family or within their community or within their job or even just parenting who they are. So there's a lot of light work that's happening right now. The Archaea are definitely helping and being the guiding guiding force. I definitely feel like Mercy is in my team. <laughs> she is like a badass. She's, she's always there. So, 
the male and the female half of the same angel, or let's say Michael and Faith, do the female angels, do they also have the Archaea individual names? Or are they identified more with the virtue, for instance, Lady Constance? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they do have names, but I've never referenced them with the name because I've always taught how they have portrayed themselves to me. Mm-hmm. And it's been very easy to teach them as the names of the virtues that they embody to the students and practitioners of the Angel Healing Course. Because if I was talking about Casabella and Michaela and you know they'd be like who who is she talking about (laughs) yeah so instead I just talk about the virtue and it makes things a lot more simple people can understand it more and to them names are so not important a lot of the names that have been assigned to the archangels and the archaea have been created they're not true vibrational names interesting if I want to call on, let's say, Archaea Constance, if I need something to help me continue my faith or give me continued strength, then is it best if I speak to her directly or should I generally try and speak to the Archaea that I feel most connected to or the one who embodies the virtue that I feel I need the most? That is such a good question, Caitlin. I think you just have to be true to yourself in the moment. Archaea Constance is, along with Metatron, is the angel of ascension. So she teaches us about, just like you're saying, about having that constancy, that discipline in our practice. But if you were feeling, okay, I really just need some hope, I need hope in my life, you could just call an Archaea Hope to embody that virtue or you could just let yourself be guided to the archaea that speaks to you the most this is why myself and mary jo are creating this card deck and also the book the female archangels which hopefully will be out in january 2020 to help people to really identify with them so they can have a, a pictorial of what they look like their rays and, and things like this it will make it much much easier for years you know years and years ago we didn't really have imagery of michael or raphael but slowly more people have embodied them they've channeled them there is this similar thread that michael serves on the blue ray and has blonde hair and carries the sword (laughs) and raphael serves on the emerald ray you know we're really on the cutting edge here as we talk about the female archangels there isn't much out there about them there's a lot more understanding that we will receive as we connect with them. Like I said at the start of this podcast, it's only through really connecting with them, experiencing them, that we can understand who they truly are. We can't book learn this stuff. Like that was the Piscean age. That was the last age. That was all about wisdom was taught through learning, through book reading. Now wisdom is what can be experienced through applying the knowledge. We need to apply the knowing. We need to apply working with the angels to really embody them and know them. And I think um, the best way to really connect with the angels is to be an angel, is to be more virtuous in your life. It really is simple as that. (laughs) That's so beautiful. I love that. That in itself requires the constancy, requires constance 
to keep showing up for yourself, to keep doing your inner work, to keep processing and forgiving and healing and empowering yourself, it takes work. But this is why we are becoming self-aware because we have the tools, we have the physical and also the non-physical support to empower ourselves. It's wonderful that there's podcasts like yourself, your own podcast here, that you're helping people to awaken and understand the nature of their consciousness. It's commendable. Thank you. That's exactly what I want to do, actually. I'm still figuring it out. But yeah, I want to help people become better people. There you go. You have got virtue working with you, of course. (laughs) (laughs) Calista, I wanted to ask you about your upcoming projects. You have the cards coming out next year. You have the book on female archangels coming out. So you were saying January 2020. Yes. Yeah, I'm hoping it'll be out then. So we can look forward to that. And in that book, you're going to talk more about the Archaea and what we can learn from them. Yes, yeah, I am. It's going to be a very practical, rich book where the reader will be escorted through 13 different chapters looking at the different Archaea and how they can apply their wisdom and teachings into their everyday. And it's very, very grounded. It's a really grounded easy to read, very relatable book. And I believe it's the next evolutionary step in understanding the angels. Because for so long, there's the same angel books out there, just rehashing the same old stuff. This is going to be different and unique because it has the feminine perspective. As you know, being a female, we do things a lot more differently to to the masculine consciousness. We're very real and authentic and honest. And this book is real. There's practices in this book that I think a couple of years ago would have made me blush. But it's just, (laughs) it's real. It's like healing our femininity, healing our sexuality, embracing our power. It's just, oh, I think every female should get this book. (laughs) Well, I love that you were saying it's practical because I think that it's really great when you read something and you understand the concept and then you also are given tools and methods to try out to bring it into your everyday life so it doesn't stay in the world of concepts but it gets transformed into part of your everyday life because something you do daily, regularly, a healthy habit will really change a fundamental part of your your soul your essence for the better definitely definitely i couldn't have said it better <laughs> but that's what <laughs> <I'm saying. laughs> and as you said you are on the cutting edge because i was researching the archaea and i couldn't find much information the most i found was actually from you so <laughs> yeah and your book hasn't even come out yet <laughs> <laughs> i know i know i've been chatting about them for years because they have been part of the angel healing system since 2011. But yeah, I really want to just represent them in a book that people can just dive into and get what they need and then come into it just whenever they're guided. And then also have the card deck so that they can receive attunements to these incredible beings and really bring their magic into their life. That's what I'm really, really passionate about because Spiritual truths and spiritual wisdom will always remain outside of us if we don't apply it, if we don't bring it in 
to humanity, bring it into earth. You have to, we've got to do that. The archaea are very, very much wanting us to do that, to not just revere them and put them on a pedestal, but go, okay, right, how can I be freedom in this moment? How can I be merciful to myself? Also, the tarot cards I'm really looking forward to. Statement Oracle, yeah. They're a really great way sometimes to get practical advice. And sometimes you get told the truth from them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the way that the Archaea have written this, the, the deck is very to the point. It's very clear, mm-hmm. no fluff, very much like, you know, surrender disease, strengthen your boundaries, drop the stories, be real with yourself. Like, come on, the time is now. Because do you not feel that so many females and the collective is still hiding? That's true. I actually have one oracle deck at home. And in a previous relationship, I remember using it. And I always used to get youthful folly, youthful folly in my present reading. It was right. It was right. But (laughs) I just got it every single time. And I was like, "Mm, I think it's trying to tell me something. (laughs) (laughs) If I listened to it the first time, I would have, you know... Save myself some time, but I had to draw it like four times in a row. You <laughs> <laughs> love that. Well, sometimes we need to do that to get the message. That's okay. Yeah, I needed to. Sometimes you need to hear a message a few times. <laughs> I'm really looking forward to that. Definitely, definitely. Do you have any other projects coming up? I'm actually just focusing on the book and the deck. I actually have elemental healing the practitioner course which is a 12-week online course starting at the end of november i'm really passionate about that if your listeners follow me on instagram or facebook they'll know that i talk often about nature-based spirituality connecting to the elementals how important that is for our ascension and so the elemental healing practitioner course helps people to to connect with the fairies and the dryads and the dragons and the mermaids to channel their consciousness into hands-on healing practices. So again, it's not been taught before. It's something that I created alongside George Lizos, who is the most fabulous Greek man. If anybody is interested in elemental healing, just uh, connect with me on Facebook or Instagram and I'll share details. I'll link to that in the notes for this show, to your Instagram and your Facebook and your website. Thank you. That'd be great. Is there one book that you'd recommend everybody read? You can also choose your own book if you want. (laughs) Well, of course, go out and read Unicorn Rising. It is a great read. (laughs) The book I published with Hay House last year, that is a fantastic read. But one of my favorite books is Life in Times of... The Masters of the Far East. Have you ever read of that? The Life no, and Teachings of the Masters of the Far East. It's actually a series of books, but it's incredible. I really, really appreciated that book because it's written from the perspective of ascended masters and how we can be a master in our life, in our physical life, how we can um, get out of our heads and more into our heart. It's a really beautiful series of books. I'd recommend that. I'm going to add that to my reading list. Good. (laughs) What about one way that you use to manage stress in a healthy way? Well, I have three kids. (laughs) 
busy life. You have no stress. You have no stress. <laughs> yeah, I, I never have stress. Uh, <laughs> oh, it's so fun. I, I manage stress in loads of different ways, but the way that I did it today was singing. And granted, I have the cold, so my voice is not fantastic right now. It's not really fantastic anyway. My it sounds voice, great to me. You know, I don't care. I like, I just like singing. If I'm stressed and I can't, so there's no point controlling or trying to control a situation. I will just exit the space and I will sing. <laughs> and it really, really helps. And if I'm alone, I tend to just start singing. And the words that will come through me are often my guides with messages. So I'll just be singing. For example, lately through this transition of this breakup, I've literally been singing all the time, Bring Me a Higher Love, which I know is a song, but it's constantly replaying in my head. Bring me a higher love. <laughs> the remix or the original? I think it's the original, yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> there's a remix that's popular right now. Oh, really? Yeah. I did not know that. <laughs> so, so that's the way that I manage stress because it's very hard to be angry when you sing. You know, it, it lightens us. It lightens our heart. It takes us away from the heaviness, from the anxiety, from whatever we feel we can't control or how we feel are being controlled. It helps us just to keep very, very light. So that's what I would suggest. I think that's an amazing suggestion. What about your favorite place in the world? It has to be Scotland. <laughs> it has to be here. I'm sorry. I, you know, I've, I've been fortunate to travel quite a bit to teach quite a bit as well all over the world I've never been to Australia and New Zealand which I imagine would be absolutely stunning to visit but I have to say Scotland because nature is still alive here uh, sorry magic is still alive here both maybe <laughs> yeah nature and magic is really one and the same it's it's effervescent you just have to go down into you know just a couple of minutes from here there's a forest and it's just bursting with life bursting with life at any time I have sort of I'm in my head or I'm stressed or work's just really busy or the kids have just been crazy and I just go for a walk and just reminded through the reflection of nature who I truly am what this playground of life is really all about it helps me just to get perspective and I've never been able to receive that clarity and that reflection anywhere else in this world. The nature in Scotland is so unique and so alive. I would recommend that to anybody just to come and specifically come to Perthshire, which is where I live, and I will show you the sacred site. That's amazing. Um, my boyfriend actually went last year to Scotland and he loved it. He went hiking. It was so beautiful. I was looking at yeah. that. You need to come the next time. <laughs> I will. And I'll tell you when I'm coming. Yes, do, do. <laughs> that was really wonderful. Thank you for the space to share about the Archaea and thank you to them for being here. And if anybody wants to get in touch about them or share experiences about the Archaea, then I would love to hear, love to hear from them. Thank you so much for your time.
It was such an honor for me just to speak to you and see you in video. You have the most beautiful porcelain skin. I was just admiring it. <laughs> if you're listening to this, you just hear the audio, but really you just have gorgeous skin. Thank you. I mean, that's not why I'm so happy I got to speak to you, but, <laughs> <laughs> but really, thank you. Thank you so much. I've been freaking out for a week about interviewing you. Oh, no. Oh, don't. I just but, like but a normal in a person. Bad way, in, a, in a good way, if you know what I mean. <laughs> oh, honestly, it's been, it's been such a pleasure. I've loved oh. it. On her website, CallistaAscension.com, that is spelled out C-A-L-I-S-T-A-A-S-C-E-N-S-I-O-N.com, you can find various courses, soul sessions, and meditations. You can book one-on-one -on -one sessions with her there and also join her spiritual courses, for instance, Angel Healing, Atlantean Crystal Healing, and Unicorn Healing. You can also find her on Facebook and Instagram, where she posts almost daily. She has a show available on iTunes called The Soul Ascension Show, which is totally free for anyone to listen to. You can find relevant links to all of these things in the show notes to beautyiseternal.com. I'm also linking to the meditation I mentioned at the beginning of the podcast that made me a fan of Kalista in the first place. Bye!